Welcome to Expedition Real, the podcast where we learn from amazing people who've achieved extraordinary things, from climbing mountains to crossing entire continents. We'll hear stories from the ends of the earth and find out how we can make these expeditions happen for ourselves. In this episode, I'm speaking with Mariam Tiri. Mariam is the only woman on earth to have climbed the seven summits and Mount Lhotse in a single year and has a whole bunch of amazing experience in mountaineering. Mariam's also writing a book where you can learn about how she climbed the highest peak on every continent on earth, as well as lots of useful information about mountaineering. This podcast was brought to you by Etio Adventure. My name's Sam Hops and I'm your host. Let's jump straight in with the first episode. Hi, Mariam. Hi, Sam. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. How, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. Good to uh, speak to you again. Um, I have to say, super excited to have you uh, as a guest on our first ever episode um, on this podcast. Hopefully the first of many for us, but uh, really, really excited to hear more about your experiences. I'm sure many people will be as well. My pleasure. I'm also very glad to be part of this interesting podcast. Um, I'm to be your first guest. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so obviously you have some incredible experiences you've climbed all seven of the highest peaks in the world and on uh, each of the continents uh, and you did it in one year which uh, for those that don't know includes Mount Everest and am- amongst other experiences and uh, achievements and um, I'd really like to kind of go back in time a little bit and figure out and hear from you really uh, where it all started how did you get into this kind of crazy world yeah it's um it's a good question so let's say the whole thing started when i was living in the south of germany i'm originally moroccan i grew up in morocco but um for my studies i went to germany where i studied business administration and um, it's when living in bavaria this is um the let's say um the area close to the Alps in the south of Germany and um it's what basically Bavaria was was my home for more than a decade mm. I studied there I worked there and um it's when living there that I discovered hiking it's a kind of let's say local hobby so during weekends everyone would go to the mountains for nice hikes nice walks and at the beginning i was happy hiking through those beautiful bavarian villages but then very soon i started looking for more i wanted to challenge myself i wanted to do bigger mountains and um and do something completely new and this is how I moved to climbing so I took several classes mountaineering classes with the local alpine club um I had like very experienced guys um who were teaching us rock and alpine climbing all kind of things uh, that uh, you need when you're in those big mountains like crevasses to ice climbing etc so this is how the mountains became part of my life mm. 
yeah, it's quite um quite important, really. I think that uh, a lot of people don't realise that it actually is a fairly slow build up normally to to those kind of um, mountaineering expeditions, and and that there are actually courses and and things that you can go on to learn, you know, even the basic technical skills and uh, first aid, etc. So um, it's good that you um, were kind of exposed to that in your in, in the in the place you grew up. Um, quite fantastic, really, uh, to, to to have grown up uh, in the around Bavaria. Um, but but I do wonder what 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 actually made you decide to attempt to climb all the seven summits. What was it that drew you to that particular uh, incredible challenge? You know. I would like to maybe to focus on, on, on something before explaining you or before telling you the story. Yeah. I'm like a very, let's say, um, a very ordinary person. So mm-hmm. I don't have a, a climbing like or before that I didn't have a climbing CV. You know, I I started hiking you know like the majority of people or like many people in Bavaria let's uh living in Bavaria let's say but then I as I said I had this this um vision of uh, doing big mountains of climbing big mountains but at that time I was not thinking about Everest or any peak above uh, 4,000 meters yeah. Um, so, but then when I started like going with friends, with fellow climbers, um, in the Alps, we used to do uh, some long hikes, we used to go rock climbing. Mm-hmm. I learned about um, Kilimanjaro, and wow. um, I had the a fellow climber who uh, did the, who climbed Kilimanjaro basically, and um, this is uh, how I started thinking about about the seven summits. So like I went home, I made some research on the internet, and uh, uh, I learned that there is this challenge of climbing the high peak of every continent, and I said, wow. That's exactly what I wanted to do because it combines, you know, the passion that, that I had of traveling. I love traveling. And the other passion that I discovered also, which is um, mountain climbing. But for sure, at that stage, I was very, very far from having the needed skills and the needed experience for climbing those um, those summits because when we say the seven summits so there are the highest peaks in every continent so there is the altitude aspect um there is uh, uh, there is the cold uh, so many factors uh, to deal with and um yeah, so normally it takes several years to complete to complete the seven summits, but then here comes my my challenge. I wanted to push myself to the limit, 
and do it in one year. Wow. Yeah, uh, it's very, very tough. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, they say that even just climbing one 8,000 meter peak is enough to kind of put your body into recovery mode for pretty substantial amount of time after that. So to climb all the other mountains and, and uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you climbed Everest and Lhotse basically back to back. Exactly. Uh, um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk more about that in a bit, but why, why, what possessed you to want to do it in one year? Are you just particularly ambitious or, uh, you know, was you motivated, motivated by someone else that you'd seen who maybe had done it? Or? No, I, it was like my own challenge. Like I wanted to see how far I can push myself physically, but more mentally, mm. you know, because, um, because as, as you said, like when you come from a big mountain like this, mm. uh, even the 6,000 meter peak or like to take the example of Denali, which is the highest peak in North America, like the body, you know, is um, in a working mode in very harsh and cold conditions during weeks. So when you return from such an expedition, really, you notice that the body needs a long, long time to recover from it. And uh, doing the seven summits in one year means that I had a very short break between each of the expeditions, meaning, you know, I went back and uh, I, I had to start preparing the next trip. Yeah. So how long... Uh, over the course of the, the year, how many of those months were you actually on location uh, during, on an expedition and how many months were you at home? I would say, well, I didn't count the days exactly, but um, I was um, around five, five to six months I was away from home, six months, yeah. Incredible. Some people yeah. go uh, backpacking for that long and that's uh, that's long enough, but um, thrown in the mountains is uh, uh, certainly uh, impressive. And I, I, I think most normal people really struggle to understand just how tough that really is because there's not really much in normal day-to-day -day life back and forward to the office that is really comparable. Um, you know, uh, so it's kind of it's kind of hard to, to put it in context. And what what was your kind of hardest experience during that? that year I think you know all all those expeditions were really uh, really hard but I what I found really hard was the um, was the fact that I had to function to function a whole year and to prepare to prepare myself mentally and physically you know I had a, a training plan I had a, a nutritional plan that I had to follow and there 
was no room for giving up or skipping a training or you know this was this, this was very very challenging mentally as well yeah. but um the other thing is like the climb on itself yeah you know we see as you said i'm 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 in, doing my best to inspire others to do um you know to follow their ambitions and to climb their own mountains their own everest their own seven summits sure. yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, you know the summit pictures that i'm sharing for instance like they show show me happy with a big smile standing on the top yeah. of the summits but you know those pictures they reflect you know like few summit moments and even minutes mm-hmm. of the whole climb but they are the reward of days and even months of very hard work sure. you know so um so as i said i talked about the preparation so to climb those mountains takes rigorous preparation physically and mentally and uh, for instance to climb everest you need to be able to deal with altitude be away from your family and friends for two months for many this is mentally very hard and um, if we talk about denali for instance as i said earlier denali has to deal with the extreme cold um and the harsh weather conditions in, in alaska Elbrus, which is the highest mountain in Europe, which is located in, in Russia, is famous for its extreme winds. But like to summarize, I would say that like the major challenges or the hardest the hardest um moments I had were for sure while climbing Mount Everest. Mm-hmm. It was emotionally hard because First of all, there was the danger and the fear of climbing the Combo Icefall. Yeah. So the Combo Icefall is located between Everest Base Camp and Everest Camp One on the on the Nepalese side, and this is considered as one of the most dangerous stages of Everest um, climb. And uh, so it used to start very early in the morning at two or three a.m for sunrise when it has partially frozen during the night mm. and uh, is less able to move because it's it's a moving target yeah of course <laughs> so when the sun sun hits up this area um it leads to crevasses opening and ice towers falling so you know, we were we were climbing with a with a kind of fear, you know, and a kind of pressure that we need to, to you know to be in camp one before sunrise. And um, yeah, in addition to that, you know, the Congo ice fall is full of crevasses. You have seen probably those pictures of climbers crossing on ladders. Yes, yeah, many, many, and and I. I've heard stories and seen actually videos of people kind of sort of tipping over and you know you're obviously supported on on ropes and things and 
and uh, you, correct me if I'm wrong, but the, those ropes are secured by ice screws, correct? Uh, right. Um, which yeah. at certain temperatures, the, obviously the ice becomes a little bit less um, frozen <laughs> and those screws can become loose. Um, so I can only imagine how that uh, that must have felt uh, kind of waking up early in the morning and approaching that that yeah. that obstacle what what does it actually feel like um because we talk about everyone sort of talks about you know peace of mind and mm. kind of finding inner peace and, and those kind of things and Nepal particularly is very well renowned for for that kind of uh school of thought but really it's a uh, peace from your mind um and I found uh various people I've spoken to as well kind of have suggested that actually in those moments when you're trying to overcome a mental obstacle uh whether it be pushing your body harder and harder or overcoming a fear uh, or an obstacle in that way um that all of your attention is diverted to the task at hand and you're focusing on your breathing and your mm. uh, and your anxiety and actually it's quite peaceful and afterwards you have some sort of sense of elation is that something that you could relate to after kind of navigating the ice wall and moving on to the next stage uh, to a certain extent yes and you know this is the thing where i like about climbing is that you leave or you have to be focused and you leave the moment and yeah. you know you you see all the time at least am i talking about myself mm. when i go through those difficult moments or um let's say very um challenging moments i i, I do my best i focus on where on my work because i see it as a work i have work i have a, a duty and this is to climb a mountain and i start recalling you know all the similar moments i went through in the past yeah. like for instance when we were climbing um everest for instance or i was like we were going through this combo icefall and it was very cold in the morning it was even more colder as we were in camp one and camp two but i started recalling my experience in denali yeah. denali is it's not that high but is famous for its harsh weather and you know i was thinking okay like mariam remember how you deal with that uh so uh, take some some deep breaths and you know i uh, think that when the sun will come up this will warm up your body and you will feel better so it was just like kind of you know talking to, to myself <laughs> yeah, and i think it's very 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 important to you know to keep to keep to keep the focus and to keep the motivation but as you said later on you you think about those moments and you know you have to get your lessons learned from them but but um like 
the main thing is to stay very, very, very focused on the target and on the job that has to be done. Yeah, yeah, one step at a time, uh, you know, focus on the task at hand and while you're there. Um, exactly, and not to worry, not to worry too much about tomorrow, the weather, you know, this is, this is something which, which I, I recommend I recommend, uh, especially new beginners in mountaineering, is just think about your 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 current day, and make just short-term plans. Like tomorrow, okay, I will do this, and I will do this, and don't think like, okay, how how will the weather be in one week or two weeks? You know, just just bring a kind of you know insecurity and might be not really very motivating. Yeah. Of course, and it's um it's it's great to have that um sense of perspective, right? Because you mentioned that you know you you encountered a problem that you had encountered in the past, another mountain, and that's um that's actually quite symbolic of what happens in the real world, right? If you you expose yourself to something that's challenging and you overcome it, and then later when you over uh, approach that problem again, it's just a little bit easier, um because you you know how you you'll react, you know what kind of got you through it before or what didn't get you through it before. Um, and it kind of gives you that sort of mental fortitude to kind of take on bigger obstacles and maybe instills you with a little bit more confidence to, to take on the next challenge. Exactly, exactly. So we all build up with the time a kind of, um, a kind of uh, toolbox, right? And uh, this toolbox is always with us. Luckily, it weighs <laughs> nothing, but it's yeah. always with us. And we should keep keep it open. And that whenever we encounter, you know, like an obstacle or, or or a challenge, we should think, okay, so which tool should I use now? Is it like breathing? Is it thinking thinking uh, in a more positive way, if you're thinking about my family, for instance, or thinking about my country, uh, I want to make my country proud, um, you know, those kind of things. And it can be very, very motivating. And this is something which I learned also from, from, from the classes that I did and from, from the modern guides I went with, you know, they will, they will keep motivating you and telling you look remember you have trained hard for it so you have uh, done or you have all what you need to make it and and uh, we should be able with the time to motivate my, our sets also in, in similar ways yeah absolutely and um, I'm, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are going to be really desperate to, to to find out the answer to this but and so few people on earth have ever experienced it, but what is it actually like at the top of Everest um, or at the top of any mountain for that matter, but particularly Everest, what is the, um, what does it feel like? <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting question, but let's talk about how does it feel like to be at the top of the world because yeah. like it's the question that many are asking me. Um, so, as I reached the summit of Everest, actually it's a small plateau, mm. I, I just couldn't believe it because we were, we were climbing in the darkness. 
Yeah. You know, we started the climb like um, we arrived around three thirty in the morning, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, on the twenty second of May, and we started the climb around uh, six p.m. the previous day because we knew that on the that day there were going to be at least four hundred people moving up. Probably wow. you saw in the media and in the news those pictures of huge queues um, wow. Wow. in May 2019. So actually what happened is in that season, that particular season, we didn't have a normal, let's call it, weather window. A yep. weather window is um, refers to a like the days in which the weather is suitable for a summit push. So normally in Everest, the climbing season is um, April, goes from April, April to May. Mm-hmm. And uh, starting from mid-May, the climbers get in general two weeks of good weather where they can climb right. um, Everest. But that season, when I was there, we had only two days of weather window. So, like, you can imagine the whole base camp moving up. So, this is why we started very early. And we came up in the darkness to the summit. So, I just couldn't believe it. You know, all of a sudden, I was there. (laughs) Was uh, pretty, um, yeah, was pretty interesting. I... I was uh, still, I felt um, joy, um, like uh, I cannot describe just joy because Everest meant for me, you know, not only standing on the top of the world, but also completing the seven summit challenge in one year. Mm-hmm. You know, this was the last summit that I had on my list and this brought a huge sense of achievement. And uh, especially this project, you know, it was not only mine, but also the project of my family and all those who supported and believed in me. So, yeah, so I I was lucky. I realized it when I reached the summit. I enjoyed the view of the surrounding mountains and Mm -hmm. under the full moonlight. And uh, took a few pictures and uh, switch to the working mode to go down and reach the cold, south pole. Sure. So, um, so how long were you actually at summit for? Because it's normally a few minutes, right? Exactly. Um, I think we were there for 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, I mean, for those who haven't done that uh, or anything similar to it before, that's uh, that that's fairly normal, right? Because the altitude is so detrimental to the human body that you physically have to go down, right? Um, uh, there's so many elements at play, not just the altitude, obviously the cold, the tired, yeah. the, the wind of opportunity in the weather and the cues, et cetera, to, to uh, retreat. So um, what's that... Uh, what, what, what's that kind of that like to, to have that such a build up and so much preparation leading up to an event which lasts 
just a few moments. You know, the way how I see it is um, the whole climb or the whole expedition is not only about those few moments we spend on the top. Because for Everest, it was 15 minutes. And this is nothing compared to the two months I spent on the expedition, you know. So I try, and this is uh, really my mindset, to enjoy every moment of the climb, starting from day one. Even hiking to Everest Base Camp, uh, you know, the different rotations we had. Rotation, it means we used to move from base camp to higher camps and then to come down again to get our bodies acclimatized to altitude and also to the cold. And for me, those short summit moments are just the reward of the whole work. Sure. Yes. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's a good way to look at it. And I think that, you know, you newcomers to, to this, to, to mountaineering or any other kind of expedition, um, I guess you should bear that in mind that it's, it's not, um, you don't go on these, these journeys um, for the destination necessarily. It's all about, uh, you know, the experience, exposure, kind of growing as a person, learning a little bit about yourself um, and kind of setting yourself up for the next thing and, um, you know, building that resilience. Um, but, but tell me how kind of you, you, you summited summit Everest um, and then you set on to summit Mount Lhotse, which is mm-hmm. one of the most dangerous mountains in the world to summit. Um, how did you how do you prepare yourself mentally to summit um, the highest mountain on on the earth? And then when most people kind of feel kind of you know, rub their hands and they go home and they feel like they've had this crazy achievement, which they have. Um, how do you prepare yourself mentally to, to go and kind of do it almost all over again? Yeah, actually, it was um, a big challenge, actually, to climb the, the double, we call it um, the combo double. Mm. And, uh, and the challenge was not only physically, as you said, because after climbing Everest, you know, and the body has been, or like we have been for a long period of time, above 8,000, almost at 9,000. There's a lot of pressure on the body. It is the thin air. And normally after Everest, you know, you just want to go down, go to lower camps, enjoy celebrate and um so there is the this the the physical challenge like when i came back from everest um to to south call which is the everest camp number four Mm -hmm. it was in the morning like i had to try get some rest sleep eat hydrate and get myself you know, in the in the working mode again, you know, to climb uh, Lhotse, and Lhotse is more technical than 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 Everest. 
And uh, so this was very, very challenging, you know, getting like this, um, this, this, this physical and mental um, fuel, let's say, to, to, to be able to, to finish it. And the other thing was um, to be able to focus on Everest because Everest was part of the Seven Summits. And like trying to think about Lotse, you know, and Everest at the same time, you know, this is very, can be very disturbing. Yeah. And Everest at that moment was, let's say, had um, more importance. So I had to set up priorities. So I said to myself, okay, now I'm going up to her camps. I'm going to come forward. I'm focusing now on Everest. Mm. But at the same time, I was keeping in mind that I have to keep uh, some energy left for Lotte as well. Yeah. So, sure. you know, I was having this also in mind, but my higher priority was Everest. And then after having having been on the summit and when descending from Everest, I was thinking about Lotse. It's where it allowed myself to start thinking about Lotse. Yeah, on to the next one. Exactly. But for sure, I was thinking in, in steps. So the first step was to get down safely. Because as we say, we climb a mountain only when we go down safely. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, after uh, I, I reached South for uh, South Call, um, which is come forward, then my mind was completely with lots. And I think here the message that I want to pass is you need to you need to set up priorities when when climbing. And I mentioned I mentioned earlier, it's good not to think about large or make large plans uh, beforehand. For sure, you have a high-level plan, but this high-level plan had needs to be detailed. Uh, let's say on a daily basis, maybe. <laughs> um, but this is very, very important to set priorities and um, focus on the on what's going on currently. Mm -hmm. moment by moment analysis of the situation and how you need to react to each one and and I guess um I mean anyone that's tried to uh excuse the crude real world analogy I guess but um anyone that's tried to go on a on a diet or any kind of thing like that you know it's so easy to once you hit a small milestone or, a, or even a big milestone to just kind of go you know uh, okay I'm, I'm, I'm mentally just kind of let go of things um yeah so it must be so incredibly hard to achieve something which is m many people's kind of entire life ambition to climb Mount, Mount Everest and yes. then have to get yourself back in that mindset to say, actually, I'm not done yet. That was just that was the appetizer. Um, <laughs> now we're on to the, uh, you know, uh, on to Lotse. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of a discussion, I guess, around. The, the three, uh, Everest, Lhotse and K2. Mm. Uh, I guess my question is, what was your 
what was your favourite of the two as an experience um, between between Lhotse and Everest? Um, it's a very hard question. <laughs> you know, Everest is very, very special. Yeah. You know, it's the highest mountain in the world. I think we are we are clear about what Everest is. Um, and what I liked about my climb, even if, as I said, there were large um, news, there were large discussions about climbing Everest in that specific season because of the crowds that we saw. But there was like, um, you know, we we were climbing all together. All the different expeditions were, let's say, on the same boat. And there was the was the kind of like teamwork between everybody. So I like that, you know, like when we were passing each other, like we were saying hi, you know, just, you know, and I, I liked it. There was a nice spirit. And you know we knew that that we had um, we had the same target, and even when when I was descending from the summit, what happened actually is I got stuck on in this heavy traffic jump in um, in the Hillary Step. This yep. is this steep section to the summit, and. Um, there is not that much room so that you can pass others mm. and uh, i was just like seeing crowds coming up coming up but the nice thing is you know there were people who were just like you know holding me when i was switching my carabineries and then you know like seeing congratulations with the let's say with the little move of their heads mm. and i like this very much yeah on the other hand, Lotse, we were that day maybe 15 to 20 people maximum climbing. Wow. And, uh, and uh, long decline. So we had a, an incredible view of Everest. And we say the best view of Everest is from Lotse. Yes. Yeah. You know, and uh, so I, my, I had my, let's say, I, I was full of joy. I completed my seventh summit um, after climbing Everest. So I was really enjoying lots of We were, as I said, it was not crowded. It was uh, some sections were really technical, you know, and um, and very, very steep. And lots, especially the last part is uh, famous for its strong wind so it's very it's exposed to strong winds and was the yeah was tough um so i remember like we stayed only very few short minutes maybe like maximum five minutes we took pictures and went down yeah. but it was a nice empty climb you know uh, with this beautiful view of Everest, just something that I cannot forget. But it was very, uh, was very, very, uh, very tough. Yeah, I, I, I can only, I've, I've heard uh, lots of stories around uh, the technicality of, of Lhotse and, and, and K2 as well. 
uh, compared to Everest, uh, uh, a lot, a lot different actually. Um, even though the proximity is not too far, um, the 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 climate um, fragility, I guess, at that kind of altitude and those sort of areas is really can vary quite a lot um, between mountain and mountain. Um, but tell tell me what's um, out of your entire experience, you know, to date, I guess, um, if you had to tell one story, what, what would it be? Actually, I have a very funny story to mm. tell you and to share with your uh, audience. And this is uh, actually uh, a funny story. I think um, it's the or crazy story, let's say. <laughs> this is the craziest story that ever happened to me. And guess what? It occurred above 8,000 meters. So actually, uh, as we came back from Everest Summit in the morning, I agreed with my expedition team that we were leaving for, for Lhotse uh, mm. later in the evening after midnight. So we agreed on the timing and um, I rested in my tent in Camp 4. Um, um, slept a little bit, even if at this altitude is very, very hard to sleep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's, um, it's another aspect which makes it hard to, to live at this altitude and what we call the dead zone, which is above 8,000 meters. So we agreed on the timing and um, I uh, I was ready actually, you know, at uh, midnight I was ready, I was standing in my big bo boots, uh, in my crampons, uh, ready to go. But there was no one from my team there. Uh, I wandered the camp to look for them in vain. She think came come for, Everest come for, or what we call South Call, is like is like being on the moon, you know, it's dark compared to base camp. Like base camp is always like a small village. But mm -hmm. camp four is like, you know, it's dark. It's uh, it's very hard to recognize the own team tents. The, so I so I saw nobody from my team. I double check again my, my phone. Okay, it was 12. I double checked my watch. It was, yeah, midnight. You know, like I had been waiting for more than 30 minutes, walking around, etc. So I thought, okay, so for whatever reason, uh, they must have gone. Maybe they didn't find my tent or they couldn't wake me up. Or So I took off my boots, my crampons, um, unpacked my sleeping bag and uh, went back to sleep again. And uh, two hours later, I heard my Sherpa opening my tent and asking me when I was ready to go. And uh, I was thinking, what? I was ready to go already like two hours ago. Didn't we say we we're meeting up at 12? And he told me, it's 12 now, it's midnight. And in fact, what I realized is that my watch and my mobile, they were synchronized mm. and they both switched to China time. So my oh. mobile switched to China, China time. <laughs> and uh, 
my watch as well. And uh, yeah, this is why I was living in another time zone than my team. <laughs> because Camp Four is very is is actually close to the border with China. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, first, well, firstly, it's amazing that you uh, <laughs> that the uh, your phones still work in those environments. But but anyone that's uh, been late for an international phone call because of the uh, a uh, time zone uh, confusion that will relate to that, but not not so much in that that kind of environment. It's um, uh, well lucky that you, lucky that they uh, it wasn't the other way around really, and you weren't left behind. Exactly, <laughs> that's how I saw it at the end. Oh wow! So so with all with all these things in in consideration and these um, challenging but beautiful experiences in your life and. Um, how do you feel that those kind of these this exposures kind of prepared you for for real life? Like, I find it hard to to imagine you kind of feeling tired in a in an office job or um, being upset about a bad day because you have these incredible uh, you know experiences of you know what tough really is. How how has that kind of prepared you for your normal day to day? I think. It, it started, first of all, the other way around. It's like my day-to-day -day life uh, was um, already challenging, but in another way. Mm. Um, and I took where I learned from my studies, from being abroad, living abroad, far away from family. This helped me a lot in mountaineering. Mm -hmm. And... After that experience of the seven summits, for sure, I I took so many lessons learned that help me now on my day or that to apply in my day to day uh, life, like resilience, for instance. You know, um, thinking or resolving. Uh, problems or issues and small steps. Yeah. Mentioned that earlier, focus on the moment. If you have a challenge, so try to, to, to you know, to take this challenge in different phases. Like, um, like for the seventh summit, you climb the first mountain, the second mountain, the third mountain, etc. At the end, you have done the, the whole challenge. And yeah. this is. This is something I have learned. And also the other aspect, which I haven't mentioned right now, is uh, I learned to become more agile. Agile yes. in, in terms of, you know, like the seven summits are in different countries with different cultures, with people speaking different languages that I even don't understand. And I had expeditions with guides who didn't even speak English. Yeah. So I had to, to find a way to communicate with them in a certain a certain way. Yeah. So there is a kind of um, empathy, you know, which we built through those 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 expeditions. And uh, it's a great human and cultural experience, you know, and also the teams, you know, I was not doing my project with the same people. So for every expedition, 
or during every expedition I was with a new team. We were coming from all different parts of the globe. You know, everyone is having his own culture, his own experience, personality. And I had to learn to be part of the team, to contribute to building a team. And luckily there was the love of the mountains and the target we had, which mm -hmm. had us to come together. So it was remarkable that like after a few days, we were already a strong team and we were functioning and working as a team. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, how how important do you think that element is um, in in terms of in terms of teamwork and you know then some people are a bit afraid of going and meeting people on their own and on top of the, you know the immense challenge ahead how important is is the team element? It's very crucial because there are some projects which you cannot reach mm -hmm. and success on your own. Mm -hmm. And for this teamwork, you need to understand that you are part of uh, part of a unit, mm -hmm. and you need to you need to 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 understand that you have uh, to communicate clearly with the others. You have to accept uh, the others, and maybe to adjust also depend depending on the situation. Like on the mountains, for instance, when we are moving on glaciers or on those big mountains, we are all attached to a rope. Like we are a rope team mm -hmm. and we need to, to walk or to climb with the same speed. Yeah. So if yeah. someone is, is slow, for instance, then we need to adjust to this person because we need this person in the team. Yeah, of course. And I think if we apply this rule also at work or even like um, our personal and social life, mm -hmm. we can reach a lot because every person is valuable with its personality, with its uh, good and maybe not perfect sides because mm -hmm. this person is part of the team. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh every person has uh, a unique but crucial role in the element of the team and and even even in terms of simple on the simplest of terms in, in terms of morale yeah. uh, you know looking out and supporting your teammate and uh, if they are struggling with or presenting signs of altitude and and be under no illusions anyone listening that people who climb Everest are <laughs> and I'm sure you agree uh, a very determined group of people and it's very easy for someone with a very determined mindset to overlook warning signs of altitude sickness or exhaustion mm. um, and and I guess you rely on your teammates to kind of act as your second pair of eyes to say you know hang on a minute uh, mm. something's not quite right maybe you need to maybe we need to uh, adjust or react to the situation exactly exactly and this is this is a very good good example what you are mentioning, and um, and also I think it's important to consider the the human aspect, mm. you know, in those kind of in those kind of 
um, um, big, uh, big, big projects, you know, whether they are in the mountains um, or not, um, because it's the most, it's the most important um, aspect in my, in my opinion. Everything can wait, you know, but if a person is not feeling good or is having altitude sickness, so action has to be taken. Sure. You know, every minute is is crucial. Absolutely. Um, and if we uh, if we kind of if we think about someone who maybe listened to this, who has um, big ambitions and they they want to achieve the things that you've achieved and are inspired by your your adventures. Uh, how would someone like that get into what is the, what's the pathway for them? In your opinion, what would what advice would you give uh, for them to get into this kind of thing? So, based on my experience um, and my mountaineering curriculum vitae, I would say, as I told you, I'm a very ordinary person. Uh, I didn't grow up in the mountains, but the opposite. I grew up in Casablanca. Casablanca is uh, is uh, it's not the main city in Morocco. It's not the capital, but is the biggest city in Morocco. It's uh, it's on on the ocean side, so far yeah. away from the mountains. But the way how I did it, um, there, I would recommend it to everyone, is first of all to take mountaineering classes, mm -hmm. to learn the basics, get safety instructions, learn how to deal with the gear, with the equipment, etc. Um, and the exercise to condition the body and build a, a strong um, stamina for climbing mountains. Um, do training for core, for instance, mm. because um, this helps keeping you know keeping us safe from from injuries, especially in mountaineering. We carry heavy backpacks, you know. There's yeah. always a large load, and that's very uh, very important. Um, and uh, once you start doing you know hikes, climbs, etc., so Always be prepared and plan ahead of time um, because um, climbing is not only about mountains and moving up, it's about logistics, about getting the right gear, uh, understanding how your own body functions, and this needs some time, mm -hmm. you know. And um, also, which is very important, is search search first for climbing your target mountains, um, ask for recommendations, um, you know, look in the internet, there's plenty of information, get all details about the, the weather, all yep. those kind of things to know what you're, what you're uh, expecting. And then, you know, with time, you build up your your knowledge. Um, you you become stronger mentally, physically, you know, and and um, yeah. So if you climb today, maybe a two thousand meter peak, maybe you can set a target. Okay, next season I wanna climb something higher. Uh, make maybe a technical uh, climb. So. Setting, setting targets is very important. Yeah. And 
the main the main recommendation and advice is don't be afraid of failure. Failures are just a way to learn. Most people they don't dare taking big projects because they they just think, okay, this is too big for me. I can't do it. No, try it first. Even if you don't succeed from you know the first step, try it again. Then you will move to the next step and have confidence in yourself and think positive. Yeah. Uh, since you've since you've done the the, the seven summits, what, how do you kind of fit your continued uh, endeavors around your your normal life? Um, how do you go about fitting that in? <laughs> it's 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 a good question. <laughs> um, like uh, uh, after having finished the seven the seven summits project, I. Um, I went back to, let's say, to my normal life. But even in my normal life, mountaineering has a, an important role. And uh, I'm lucky to live in Switzerland. I have uh, the mountains close to my doors, so to say. And uh, I can go climbing. I can uh, do glacier tours, etc. So it's just like you know, this mountaineering life from the Seven Summits is just uh, going on. And um, and uh, I'm, I'm trying, since I came back, I'm, I'm trying to inspire others. I have set up also as a target to, um, to offer or to, 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 to help others uh, fulfilling their, their, their dreams of climbing the Seven Summits. So yeah. I'm working on setting up the adventure and travel company called Seven Summits Adventures um, to, to share my experience and um, to, yeah, to, to help others reach their, their, their goals. So, um, this the seven summits became now per, part of my of my of my daily life, um, mm -hmm. so to say. So I'm giving interviews, I'm participating at podcasts like like this wonderful one, and yeah. Uh, um, yeah so uh, it's always with me. Yeah, absolutely. And then you post, you have your own um, uh, blog. Where can where can our audience find you to hear the latest news? Yeah, so like the latest news are either on my webpage called mariamkteri.com or on my Instagram, mariamkteriadventures, where right. I share, share a lot of impressions of the seven summits. I share my experience. I give as much advice as I can because this, this makes me um, very happy and this is very fulfilling when I know that my experience can help others and inspire others to climb the seven summits, for instance, or to go yep. into mountaineering. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. Yeah, it, for every one person uh, that you get to take their first step, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a job well done, I guess. Um, another new person to experience the uh, great gifts that we have uh, to experience on Earth. Absolutely, and because the other aspect, the other, let's say, positive aspect of loving mountains is 
that we protect our environment and our lovely earth that way. Because if you love mountains, if you love being in nature, so you will take care of very much. What um as a as a kind of parting thought, I guess, what would uh what what one piece of advice would you give to a early mountaineer who's just about to go on their first uh, mountaineering expedition? We are talking about an expedition of big mountains, right? Well, let's say uh, they've taken their first uh, step into over over six thousand meters. Okay, so my first advice is get yourself prepared. You know, I'm coming from a, I have also a runner career behind me. I used to, to participate at many running, um, running competitions. Mm -hmm. And what I learned from this is the harder you train, the easier and the efficient the run is going to be. Mm -hmm. And the same thing applies for the mountains. So if you know the mountain you are going to climb, so get yourself prepared. If it's a technical mountain, so get all necessary technical skills to climb that mountain. If it's the mountain where you need um, to endurance, so work on that aspect. The other topic is the gear and the equipment. I have seen people who didn't make it to the summit because they just didn't have the appropriate equipment. Either they're, they're, they had the wrong boots or, or their, their equipment was brand new, so they didn't, they didn't try it before, they didn't try their boots before. So get used to your equipment, get to know it, try it before every expedition. So that's the first thing, but because people want to start, they are new, it's their first expedition, so everything is new. Try, try them at home, try to do some, you know, some, some climbs with your new uh, gear um, at home. Um, and the other, the other aspect is, um, is try to you know like not put a lot of pressure on yourself just think positive think okay i want to climb this mountain but there are some aspects which you cannot control like the weather for instance the weather is a variable we can influence it in a certain way but normally if you go on a commercial expedition the dates are defined very early and if you are lucky, you might have a weather window during that date. So focus on, on your job. You need to, to, to focus on your climb. And the most important aspect is to take care of yourself. Mm. Drink, eat is very hard on mountains beginning with 5,000 meters, especially at altitude. So drinking is very crucial and taking care of yourself. If there is anything which is not working properly, talk to your guide mm -hmm. because he is your main contact person and he has 
experience not only in mountains but in many different fields and he might be able to help you because you need to be healthy you need to feel good and it's not only about your target of climbing the summit but about the whole team yeah. as we said before you are part of a team if you don't feel good and you had to turn back and maybe there is only one guide in this team then mm -hmm. the whole the whole rock team has to go back so be honest talk openly about issues about problems and focus on taking care of yourself and doing your job there's no shame and you should leave your ego at base camp uh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely not. Uh, and I think this is this is a very, very important aspect. Like in those expeditions, uh, you know, you put your ego, you, you, you leave it at home, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because, um, yeah, you're part of, of, of a whole expedition and the success of the expedition depends on every single person and on the teamwork and on being honest with each other and if you see anything not working properly if you see you know like you see here okay there is a problem with the stand um then communicate this clearly the earlier we talk about issues or problems the easier they are going to be solved yeah absolutely even if it's just something something small like a you know maybe an ice screw looks a bit loose or you you've noticed that maybe someone has developed a, a slightly wheezing noise when they're walking or something anything worth pointing out and it's it's just about um don't be you know don't be afraid to communicate and open up uh as soon as possible exactly uh, absolutely um mariam it's been absolutely such a pleasure to have you on um so fascinating to hear all of your experiences um and the incredible stories that you've had and i i really hope that you um continue to uh experience more and and spread the word uh and encourage more uh people from all backgrounds to 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 follow in your footsteps and uh, i hope that we can do the same um, I hope that maybe we can speak to you, speak to you again uh, in the future as well. So thanks again for, for coming on board uh, and for, for joining us on the podcast. Thank you so much, Sam. It was a pleasure um, talking with you as well. I'm glad to share my experience with you and your audience. And I hope to meet you and, um, and all those who are listening to this podcast and join one of my future expeditions yeah absolutely um anytime uh, i'd love to have you back and i look forward to meeting you in the future thank you sam lovely thank you me too thanks for tuning in to this episode of expedition reel if you enjoyed it i would love if you could share with a few friends on social media and don't forget to subscribe see you soon <laughs>